Welcome to the Safety Culture Chronicles. I'm Kat Harrison, and I've spent the last few years working alongside Suzette Woodward, Dane Wigg and others as part of the Sign Up to Safety Culture team. This is our new podcast series that explores the most important lessons we've learned since the campaign launched in 2014. We see this as our handover to you, so that what we've experienced and learned alongside our 550 members is not lost, but can be used and built on further by anyone who's committed to creating a strong safety culture where they work. Over this time, we've grown to understand that patient safety is about so much more than short-term projects and harm-specific activity, which is so often aimed at small, discrete groups of people. It's hugely affected by how each person in the system behaves towards each other and is even directly related to whether or not we care for those who care for patients. We hope you find this series to be full of useful and practical information and also a giant injection of hope and enthusiasm for the future of patient safety. We've come a long way and there are many reasons to feel confident that the future looks kinder and focused on learning rather than blame. Hello and welcome to episode four. So this is number four in our podcast um, series for Sign Up to Safety. Um, and when we last sat down and, and spoke, we started talking through um, an event that we um, held called Beneath the Surface and how that really, really changed our thinking and made us um, start to value and understand the impact of how people talk to each other and just the very act of having an opportunity and space um, to talk to each other in a way that helped people to be really listened to and heard um, and how valuable that was and, and how important that seemed to be and impactful for people. Um, and how you know that really influenced what we then went on to do. So from the very, very beginning of um, Sign Up to Safety, we've always tried to kind of learn as we go and do what we, you know, practice what we preach, essentially, which is, you know, we're asking people to continually learn. That's something we've always tried to do ourselves. And this was a really, really clear example of it. Um, and so from that time onwards, from sort of year three onwards, we started to really focus down on to helping people talk to each other about working more safely. Yeah. And yeah, so we thought we would delve into that a little bit more deeply today because you may have heard of kitchen tables which are um coming up again you know kitchen table week we've done it twice now we're coming up to a third one next year um and so it's become a really major major focus for sign up safety and a massive part of um what we want to leave as our legacy as well an understanding of how something so simple something that conjures up an environment where people feel safe feel heard feel welcomed how simple that is, but how impactful it is as well. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So I think we should start with where the idea came from. We talked about it a little bit in the last episode about well, how it was just a conversation. Yeah, and it conjured up I again. Mean, that's all I remember. I just remember us talking around and saying, "Do you remember what it was like mm. and how lovely it was?" And we, and I think it was probably one of our times when we were trying to explore different metaphors as well. So it was a nice metaphor to use. And um, and I and then we we looked. Um, are different types of ways in which people have met mm. in terms of conversations. So, like World Cafe, and World like Cafe, yeah. or even much, 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 much earlier in terms of different cultures and communities, just sitting around a fire and talking to their elders and hearing the stories of their elders being passed on and then passed on over generation and generation. And so, we like the thought of passing knowledge on. But the other thing that we wanted to create was the ability for anyone and everyone to talk together. Because one of the mm. things that we felt we'd noticed was that um, different groups didn't feel that they could talk to other groups. And, yeah. you know, typically we might say diff- 
doctors felt intimidated to talk to nurses and vice versa. So there was something about the principle of bringing people together to talk to different people in different professions. There was the other principle which we thought would be nice, which was bring people together and not go come along with your uh, status yeah. and your title. So, so just goes at the door, doesn't yeah, it? Okay. to turn up and say hi, I'm Suzette. And this all ties back to the the event that we did beneath the surface that we mm-hmm. spoke about in the last episode as well. So you know, go back on that one if you haven't had a chance to listen in because. Um, that's probably something that we didn't talk about. It was actually the you know, there was so much careful facilitation around that, but also a key part of that was you only how you break down names. the hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, and and so it was about looking at the actual environment that you're dealing with and being really honest about that, and looking at how can you adapt what you do in order to shape that in a way that will be collegiate and and um, the kind of environment that you want to to create, rather than just go with what you think will come through the door. You know. Just because there is a hierarchy doesn't mean that in this moment there always has to be. Exactly. You can influence that. <laughs> and I think some of the things that we were trying to do with Kitchen Tables was... Um, was uh, Kicking back, is that the right word? But Or, or making try to make sense of some, of some of the safety interventions that are currently out there, like huddles and briefings and debriefings, which are ways in which people have decided that's how you will come together and we will talk about safety or the uh, theatre session that we've just been working in or the the GP clinic that we've just run and ask ourselves what went wrong um, and what could we do differently tomorrow to prevent that thing from going wrong or something. And it was very heavily focused on the negative. Um, but also it, it, it felt that in some circumstances that was done amazingly. In other circumstances, it was simply bringing people together because they felt they should. Mm-hmm. And it was also what we heard from people was that it still perpetuated the hierarchy so that you would stand around or sit around in a huddle or a briefing and the person with power would talk. It doesn't necessarily mean the person who was the most senior, but the person with power in terms of they would deem themselves as the most expert or the most important person in the room and that they would dominate it. Sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. The whole grandstander, as we might call them. So we wanted to create... It's kept harking back to that time around the kitchen table when everyone has a level playing field you're all the same but I suppose mostly it's that feeling of talking to your family and friends so we're not fam- acceptance I found it like so like in a family there might be you know parents who might be considered you know the bosses or whatever or be in a more position of power yeah. but there's an acceptance there's from everyone around well. the table trust. and trust and love and care and so that for me was the antidote to the, yeah. the way that hierarchy is perceived because you can still have leaders and people who you know set the tone or who set the direction of travel but that doesn't mean they have to be abusing that trust that sense of power so how they use that position plays into it as well so and I think that's for me where it matches I think I, I remember as well like a big part of us reaching this point was reflecting on how we operated as a team yeah we tried to test it First of all, at the we had a really patient first conference they do in London once a year. They offered us a really big space to come and use how we wanted, and and we thought let's try this out. And we, we called it the campaign kitchen, but it was full of kitchen tables. And mm-hmm. um, unlike any other stand, it was it, it was just tables, chairs, us sitting out and cake, and <laughs> some artists at the back with a massive mural that they would just yeah. capture the themes of what they were talking about. <clears throat> People would walk past and go, sort of 
be curious and then eventually they'd step over the threshold and come sit down and we had just two days of amazing conversations but what was really interesting about when we planned it we overcomplicated things yeah we tried to sort of design our era or whatever you know we were thinking <laughs> about how to make this go right and what we did was just chuck all of that out and just simplify it and then just sit up and see what happens yeah it moved from being like what are the objectives yeah. of the day to that's one of our lessons and sometimes you know don't expect an outcome just let's see what happens um because that's where you learn if you come in with an open mind it yeah. might take you in another direction completely and you've said often don't overthink it you know when people have asked us asked us for advice about how do you set up a kitchen table how do you minute a kitchen table how do you measure it how do you you know write down everything that's been said and then pass it on and we've all gone "Ah, that's not what a kitchen table is about and you've always said don't overthink it Mm. um and and i think what was interesting was that we'd come from trios trying out trios and playing with them and we'd gone to that fishbowl um methodology that we used um which you'll hear on in some of the other podcasts and hopefully there'll be some stuff that you can download from our website to have a look at those different methodologies. But I think we probably were slightly wedded to a methodology, starting with the kitchen table, thinking, oh, we'll have speakers and we'll have storytellers and we'll have listeners and we'll have observers and we'll have a scribble sheet in the middle and people will write down the, their metaphors and their pictures. Whereas actually, like you've just said, Dane, it, we quickly realised all we actually need to do is just sit there and listen and be there for people mm. to talk. I remember the how-to guide we were going to write. So yeah. when I came back and it was, and it, it was, you know, there was a big focus on method. Like it's natural to kind of you think, what do we give people as a tool? Because people want a tool. Mm. And it was like it's very counterintuitive to then go, actually, we're not going to give you a tool. We're just going to say, this is the behaviour you need to display yeah. in order to get the kind of result you hoped for. This is it's almost like the environment and the containment, going back to yeah. Sarah and David's sort of focus on the facilitation and the carefulness and you know, focus on the kind of communications of it all and the, every little tiny bit that is often ignored but is actually hugely influential in how people feel and how they think and how they can engage around anything. And if those are all forgotten and you're just focused on kind of shoving people down a certain route... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you could have gained that you haven't given space for. We, we didn't want to turn into another thing. So you had the briefings, debriefings, huddles, and kitchen tables was another thing, another intervention, another tool. Um, but given all of that, I think we, um, I personally was quite nervous about the fact that we didn't have it as a, a tool or an intervention <laughs> because I thought, well, why on earth would anyone bother to do it? Why would anyone bother to do it? And we were really, really amazed, weren't we, um, when we launched Kitchen Table Week for the first time. Hmm. And that was in the days when we had a tiny bit of resource and we thought we'd create gingham tablecloths. And yeah. um, Dane and Adam sat in, uh, and hours and hours yeah. cutting out <laughs> tablecloths um, and, and even a little pack that went went out with everyone. And we had a really, really large amount of people interested in in those packs and wanting them click really because it was i think the metaphor of the kitchen table people most people can connect with so i think that and the fact that our message wasn't don't you know it was about over it was about simplification and Mm. make it easy and just you know be welcoming doing all the things that behaviors that matter about being caring and warm and 
um, kind, and I think that's what people grasp it easily. And yeah, there was a huge, huge uptake that first week. Uh, for, yeah, the first kitchen table week. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that um, um, I was so blown away with was not only the engagement and the desire to do it, and people had them and they posted loads of pictures of people sitting down around k- gingham tablecloths and eating visually um, resting and cakes and tea and coffee and fruit and, and anything else but also the inventiveness mm. so then people started to go well I live in a or I work in a partnership trust or a community trust or a GP practice and so I'm going to have to think this slightly differently so when we hop back to our first podcast when we talked about how important it is to adapt and think about what matters to you and how you might do it I think people um, were growing with us and said, well, they've suggested kitchen tables. They've given us some some sort of, you know, principles behind why they might work mm-hmm. and what how you could do them. But let's we'll adapt them and make them work for us. And so we had people going on trolleys, didn't we, around wards. Yeah. Um, There's a mad hatter's tea party as well. A mad hatter's tea party. How brilliant is that? And then going out in their cars and going out and visiting people and sitting in homes for patients with dementia. And, and the help it, one thing that really stood out to me as well was that some places, again, took the lead from us in terms of us trying to say, like, empower people to do this themselves don't tell them what to do i would just create kits that yeah. would allow people to do it where they wanted to and so yeah. places like frimley have got kits that you can just go and borrow mm. and you can just go and do your own kitchen table kitchen when you table want kits. to and do them anytime not just yes not during the week or yeah yeah and and kitchen table in an envelope people have done yeah. um, with a tea bag and and i and i remember you know a chief exec saying to me i'm you know i really like to speak to my staff but the moment i go and speak to my staff they see me as the chief executive and i'm really important or whatever you might perceive as a chief executive so they're really intimidated to actually talk to me but you gave me the opportunity and the permission to go down and just sit with my staff um, and they saw me as a human being, uh, uh, you know, somebody else just sitting around that table. And I learned tons about my organisation. So that was fabulous. And the other sort of, you know, another experience that you could say the kind of the other end of the, the scale, really. I remember going to one where a student came along thinking it was training. Yeah. And they were shocked mm. <laughs> that it was just a chance to um, sit down and talk. They, yeah, you know, I remember being so puzzled. Or something, wasn't it? I think they thought it was something to, um, to do with um, training and things. And uh, and it was just really nice. So they just sat there for 20 minutes and it felt that she was, she was actually got a few things off her chest that were really worrying her. And she was able then to hear from people a bit further ahead mm. in their careers and things, just to, just to share a bit of camaraderie, really. Mm. And she went away with a smile on her face. And I thought, that's great. She'd come looking stressed with a pad, (laughs) (laughs) thinking I'm going to squeeze this into the rest of my day and just taking 10 minutes and left. I mean, I think it's really important to say that it's not the answer to everything and nothing is. We've said that before so many times. It's not the solution for having conversations, just just one. It's a way of creating a space, isn't it? And it's it's not even about what you have to speak about. Mm. You don't have to talk about, we, we now know from everything that we've done and everything we've researched and our own experience that actually patient safety itself is so much broader and more relevant to things like staff well-being and um, joy and celebration and things that we're going to go on to talk, talk about in another podcast. But, um, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, this is a patient safety kitchen table mm. because actually people's <coughs> thoughts and feelings and their experiences are all connected to how well they can care for others. Yeah. So it can be what you want it to be. Yeah, it's just totally. about creating that environment. Yeah. Um, and space. Yeah, it's the space to create relationships, talk to people, have a bit of time out, and actually, crucially, to maybe have something to eat and drink that you might mm. have not had time to do so. 
um, just as much as talking about safety. That's why I think the trolleys were so smart yeah. as well, because you're going to people and saying it's okay to eat and drink as yeah. well. And I think, you know, it doesn't take you long from sort of talking to people or looking at Twitter or anything to realise actually how rare that is mm. for people to go, no, it's okay, take five minutes. And I think that's some of the things associated with the kitchen table is the is learning about the principles in relation to just people meeting up. So too often we talk um, at conferences where all it is is just people on a platform talking at a, a, a very large audience who are taking notes or taking pictures with their smartphones and there to, to absorb. Um, whereas we would suggest that a really amazing conference is one where you are much more about engaging each other and talking to each other and um, working through things together. Mm, not and I know that the world, I know that the World Cafe is a similar methodology that does that. Um, but I do remember one time we went to a kitchen table event that was kind of had a bit of a conference on the side, but um, uh, the whole canteen, the whole hospital canteen, was multiple little kitchen tables. So they'd not only held one, they'd held. Mm oh gosh, must have been at least 30 or 40 kitchen tables in that room, um, which wrapped around the conference. So you'd have, you would have people on a platform telling you stuff, but you'd also have these wonderful ways in which you could talk it through. Mm. I think another place that we went where, um, that it worked really beautifully, the sort of concept and the principles associated with kitchen tables was an organized, uh, uh, a conference we went to where there was, it was a kind of lovely mix of somebody spoke, um, then there was a table discussion and then there was a standing conversation. Do you remember that one where they all stood up? Were you at that one or was that day? Yeah, day yeah, and they all stood up and had a conversation. <clears throat> and then there was a presentation and then a, a kitchen table kind of discussion and then a standing huddle. And it was just this <laughs> really a multiple use of different methodologies just <clears throat> to get people to talk to each other. Um, so there are so many different ways you can use this. Mm. Um, as long as you hold on to the fact that it is... Cost-effective, relatively simple, and a lovely way to bring people together. Um, that's all you need to really know. But also, the, I think as well, it can be sort of diminished in some ways too by making it, it like it is very simple and it is very easy. Yeah, so people but it think is, so what? Yeah, exactly. And actually, it does. You know, we got to this place by starting to realise the importance of culture mm. and behaviour, um, rather than just the kind of act of doing stuff. It's how it's done. And the behaviour that goes around that that matters so much, and that's you know a hugely important area that's still just being tip of the iceberg being explored. Mm. Um, and so this kind of approach can really help with that. Trying to get to grips with helping people understand what others think mm. and feel about these these things that impact on them every day. So it's you know it is it is time out and it is you know it can be whatever you want it to be, but it's deceptively simple and deceptively yeah straightforward i think too yeah um but the other thing that um uh it makes it achievable is the fact that it doesn't take much effort resource or time yeah. so you can do a kitchen table in literally half an hour um and time and time and time we go to organizations who say we can't share we can't send staff out to stuff we can't send them out to conferences or events mm -hmm. or even workshops because we just a don't have enough staff b um uh, or enough resources or um you know just things priorities take over so if you can do something that's in half an hour um as you're maybe even you know having your lunch then that's not actually adding to your day that's part of your day mm. yeah true 
So yeah, I suppose like, kitchen tables now is running into, as I was saying earlier, it's going to be three kitchen tables by the time we wrap up, mm. sign up to safety in March 2019, kitchen table weeks rather. Um, and we're looking forward to sort of, you, you know, going through it again for a third time, but also sort of building on what people have experienced in the past. And we tried to do that with each experience of it, haven't we? The first one was very open mm-hmm. and we just asked people to give it a go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was more about, um, for us, about the sense of what will people think of this? Um, and with the second one, we asked people to consider some, asking some specific questions around what people feel about how can they bring more joy into their work. Yeah, I think that what was the nice thing. Culture. We started to realise that... Um, people were focusing on what was going wrong quite a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So it was all about this bad thing, <clears throat> this incident, this thing that gets in the way of being safe or safer. Um, and it... And we already have the relentless negativity associated with safety. So there was something in us that thinking about maybe we could not be the telling you must talk about these things, but give a few suggestions that maybe you might want to look at what works well, um, what goes well, what actually makes you really proud of where you work and what brings you joy in where you work. Um, and I think definitely that second time when I went to some of the kitchen tables around the country, it felt different. It felt very different. It felt smiley um, yeah. and um, and people were laughing and they were able to talk about things that made them feel good. And how like lovely that, is that? In terms of the, the kind of feedback through social media and things like that, you know, what we were seeing from even afar you know we went to a few obviously face to face but just on mass it was you were getting a sense of um people sharing you know just being really pleased to get a chance to talk about you know what goes well mm. i don't think many people necessarily leap to that still naturally when you're talking about safety because you do think what can we change whereas we were saying what can you do more of yeah and, and what do you already do and I think that's tying in quite a lot to some of the messages that we said earlier in the campaign that it's okay to stop doing stuff to yeah. make space as well you know it doesn't have to be more stuff what do we do need to do more of yeah what more pressure do we need to add in well how do we find the resource to do this what aren't we doing it can be yeah. right okay what do you think works what do you think doesn't what can we stop and i think that's the um what we want to talk about in the, the next podcast but it's the it's what else was going on um around us that we were noticing so we were noticing that there were um People who are talking about the research associated with what is now described as safety too, which we will we will share with our audience. And we were noticing that there are organisations who are starting various initiatives like Learning from Excellence. Mm. So, for example, people like Adrian Plunkett and Emma Plunkett in Birmingham were starting to think about are there ways in which we could capture even the small moments of of joy um, and share that back and feed that back to people? And they call that Learning from Excellence. And so with this sort of our our thinking and the external world's thinking it drew us more and more to seeking the evidence associated with talking to each other but then growing into kindness and joy and gratitude ourselves all the time Mm. it felt felt like an instinctively correct way to go based on what we were hearing i Mm, think but also it also was like oh everyone keeps you know, is it a bit fluffy? You know, I hate that phrase. Yeah. But you do, you, you think, are people, you know, is it, because it is obvious. When do you know it? When you start to think about it, and you think, of course you need to be kind to each other. So but you what, think, is it too obvious? But it's actually, no, it's not. What blew me away, though, was hearing people like Eric Honegal seeing some really groundbreaking research associated mm. with these things. Like international research. That actually shows 
It helps people work safely. Mm-hmm. It helps with morale. And it helps with things like the bottom line and productivity and effectiveness. And I suddenly thought, well, this isn't just nice things to say and nice things to do. This makes a genuine difference. And I think that blew me away. And I was just, that's it. That, that's it. That's what yeah. we need to focus on. Exactly. So, yes, yeah, so a kitchen table. So, um, so we want to go into the next episode to really build on what we've just started on, really. Talking about the joy and the kind of um, maybe evidence around that too. Because I think, you know, we have talked a lot about what we've done. And I think it is, you know, it isn't just what we felt and heard. It's very much based on what people have told us they're experiencing and also international research and a very strong evidence base yeah. around this kind of stuff too. Um, so yeah, I think we'll delve into that a bit more in the next one. So see you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. For us, Sign Up to Safety has just been one more step in the journey to understanding how to create a strong safety culture. So here's to the future and travelling further on this road together. <laughs>